0: Hello you're listening to Researching Transit the public transport research podcast. My name is Laura Aston. Today we hear from Dr. Jen Liang Ma, data scientist and lecturer at Monash and Southeast University China. Dr. Ma discusses when and when not to use data analysis as a tool to improve public transport. In today's show, One of the topics we speak about is building confidence among students to use data science in transport applications, based on Liang's teaching. These lessons are just as relevant for public transport practitioners looking to leverage data science in your day-to-day work.
1: Data analysis is a science. We need to design our story and we need to think about how to represent our data uh, to tell the story or to understand the problem and then we can really uh, to develop uh, new insights from there.
0: Researching Transit lets you listen in to the world's leading public transport researchers in conversation about their latest insights and discoveries aimed at creating more effective, resilient, sustainable and accessible public transport. Researching Transit is brought to you by the Monash University Public Transport Research Group. Our aim is to increase global knowledge about public transport research. You can subscribe to our show in the usual channels or stream from our website, ptrg.info. That's ptrg.info. Today I'm with Jen Liang Ma, who recently moved to Melbourne to work as a researcher and lecturer at Monash. Welcome Jen Liang.
1: Hey, hi Nora.
0: Can you start by telling us about your role at Monash and what brought you here?
1: Uh, Yeah, I joined Monash as a lecturer uh, in March 2019. Uh, This is an academic position for both teaching and research. Also, I'm co-directing the transportation master program at the Monash Studio campus in China. Uh, What brought me here, um, the meta is the position itself. Uh, This is the position that I need to split my time in China and Australia. This gives me lots of flexibility to work and collaborate with different projects. Uh, in different cities. more importantly, I think Monash has a very uh, great research team in public transport. Uh, There's a group of uh, uh, public transport uh, researchers from different departments. I really like the environments here, uh, where I think I can uh, further my research portfolio in different areas in public transport. Uh, Also, my expertise in data analytics can can contribute uh, to some of the work here.
0: That's great. You mentioned working uh, in China. Is that with Monash University? What is the role there?
1: Yeah, that is the joint transportation master program um, between Monash University and Southeast University. Southeast University's um, transportation program There is one of the top in China. And there I, um, yeah, there I, um, have the responsibility uh, for the research and teaching development uh, and try to uh, cultivate and foster the research collaboration with the local industries and universities in China.
0: Great. And you joined us after spending some time at MIT in Boston. Are you still involved? And what was what projects did you work on there?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm still affiliated with the lab. Uh, There are several students I still could supervise, and the projects uh, that I'm currently involved are from uh, Hong Kong MTR, and also there's one project from Transport for London uh, that is uh, for the integration design of public transport and also the demand services. Try to evaluate uh, this demand-responsive transit values in our public transport system uh, from the system, uh, network points.
0: Great. Well, we're lucky to have you join us at the public transport research group at Monash. You mentioned that you're interested in data analytics and your portfolio leverages a set of skills that we might call data science to tackle public transport problems. Could you describe to the listeners what you mean when you say, uh, you like using data analytics to tackle problems?
1: Yeah. Firstly, for the data analytics, uh, it is the science of analyzing the raw data in order to make conclusions about that information. Uh, In other words, um, data analytics is to use to try to transform the data into information to derive insights, and based on those insights, probably we can make better decisions in our uh, in in the practice in transportation. Um, The general problems or uh, you yeah, the general problems for the data analytics include the descriptive analytics uh, which describe what has happened uh, over a given period of time um, and there's also diagnostic analytics which focus more on why something happened we try to uh, look at the insights uh, predictive analytics um, using the patterns that we have instructed based on the descriptive analytics and diagnostic analytics, uh, we can develop the models to predict what will happen uh, in the near time. Uh, this is also quite useful uh, for the real-time control and transportation, and also for the passengers, uh, how to provide them uh, real-time information for their uh, travel plan. Uh, especially like, during the disruptions of uh, people trapped in the system. Um, they, they really need uh, the, the information, uh, useful information uh, for them to make their choice. And from the long planning perspective, this uh, prescriptive analytics, uh, it suggests a course of actions um, based on all the first three analytic elements. Um, this focuses only for the long planning, for example, for the uh, demand management, how to use the incentive to try to uh, shape people's behavior uh, to travel smartly that can help with the system and also uh, benefit the user as well.
0: That's very interesting. Thanks for those um, four, actually four types of data analytics. Yeah. So if we were to take a, a data science approach to tackling a problem, what tools or data might be needed? to tackle a problem?
1: So for a good data analyst, the first skill should be programming skills. Uh, Knowing like programming language, like uh, the Python, which is widely used nowadays, and it is easy to be learned uh, compared to some other software. And the Python is also powerful because it can be used for data analytics. It can also be used as software development um, purpose. Um, The second skill is statistical and mathematics. Um, The basic ones are the descriptive and inferential statistics. And experimental designs uh, are essential for um, data analysts. Uh, The data visualization skills is also important. This becomes more and more important nowadays because we have uh, uh, lots of data uh, from different sources and uh, the way how to represent them mm. in a way that we can understand we can realize is what
0: I've heard that also referred to as data storytelling is that the same sort of thing
1: yes yes exactly yeah
0: i think that's critical because what we're talking about is using very complex information and boiling it down to get an answer and the ability to communicate that answer is very important. In fact, it probably determines whether or not the insight is going to be used or not.
1: Yeah, that is why like a data analysis is a science. We need to design our story and we need to think about how to represent our data uh, to tell the story or to understand the problem and then we can really to develop a new insights from that.
0: So you're very deliberate in the way that you formulate a problem and the way that you go about solving it. And I think that's a key, that's a key skill, isn't it, for the data analyst?
1: Yes, the idea. Uh, basically, the idea to solve the problem. How do you approach the problem? How do you design to solve the problem? And the data is just one way to help you to better understand your problem. Uh, to really solve the problem, we still use our, need to use our uh, human intelligence. Uh, the data will not tell us about that.
0: Now, before we go into an example, because I know you've worked on many research projects using these skills, I just want to ask what it was that interested you in data and analytics and how you found your way into this field.
1: So what interests me about the data analytics, um, there are two main uh, aspects. Uh, From the application point of view, I think that data analytics help the agency's operators in transportation to optimize their performance in a cost effective way. Uh, for example, it can help to reduce the cost by identifying more efficient ways of uh, operating the vehicles, design the timetables. Um, and also, the agency can use the data analytics to make better business decisions and help analyze the customer trends or the passenger trends and satisfaction. Uh, which can lead to new and better products and service delivery. Uh, from the research point of view, uh, there's lots of potentials. I see the gaps uh, between the data scientists and the transportation engineers. Um, so what what I did, um, yeah, what I do in transportation um, is that I try to look at what is the opportunities that is provided by uh, advancement of the technology and also the data uh, to try to address the short medium and long-term challenges facing urban transportation so the products uh, is um, my product is diagnostic uh, based on the retrospective analysis of the data i can develop insights and it can also help to indicate potential problems in the system and identify some underlying opportunities that can help us to improve the existing practice. And transformatively in the long term, potentially, um, it can lead to uh, substantial innovation in the industry.
0: Now, you outlined the four types of data analytics. I'm wondering if you could give us a high level overview of what kinds of public transport problems data analytics is useful for.
1: So I categorized the public transport problem into three categories uh, based on the data that they deal with. Uh, the, the first problem is the inference problem. Um, that is use the historical data, like uh, for the smart card data, uh, after the smart card data is ready, we can analyze it to understand our system of performance. Uh, from yesterday or last month. And also we can understand how the passengers make their travels, and what is the impact of the system performance of their travel decisions. And the second category of the problem is prediction or predictive analytic problem. So what it drives in transportation is, uh, for example, the real-time control of the vehicles, Uh, like there's different strategies to run the trains, skipping the stops or express express train operations. And also for the information provision uh, to the passengers in real time, uh, particularly under disruptions, uh, missing that happens. That is quite important. The third category of the problem, uh, this planning problem, uh, there's a lot of uh, specific uh, contents there. Uh, the one that we did uh, for Hong Kong is the travel demand management, uh, how to extract the user's behavior based on their historical travel patterns to try to target different incentives uh, to encourage them to travel in the off-peak hours uh, to help to uh, solve the existing crowding situations in the system.
0: Thanks for those three clear examples of the types of projects that you work on. But to make this a bit more tangible, so that listeners can understand what a data-driven approach looks like, could you tell us a bit about one project that has been your focus, um, and that's the Hong Kong MTR project?
1: Yeah, this is the project uh, where I did uh, where I did my postdoc at the MIT Translap. Uh, this project is a research partnership uh, between MIT and uh, Hong Kong Mass Transit Railway starting in 2013. Uh, the objective for this project is we try to look at um, different ways to address the severe crowding problem uh, in the Hong Kong system. Uh, just give you a sense how crowded it is. So it, for the normal operations of, in, during the normal days, uh, during the peak hours, the passengers usually need to wait at least three to four trains before they can successfully board the trains when they arrive on the platform. And when you see that happens, some passengers from our data, it shows they may need to wait uh, 10, 10 more trains um, before they can board. So, this is the cause of lots of uh, uh, challenges for their operations and their safety concerns. So that is the project that we try to uh, tackle, and we look at this. Uh, so one specific example that we look, uh, we we address this problem using the uh, demand management. Uh, the The way that the motivation for this is that because MTR system has already has the most advanced signaling system, uh, the headway of the trains is now uh, ninety seconds. That is uh, what, what the given the safety requirements, that is what is the shortest one that, uh, that current technology can change.
0: You mean so the, the trains are, the trains are operating 90 seconds apart. That's, uh, that's very yeah. frequent.
1: <laughs> yeah, very frequent. And also the, from the safety <laughs> point of view, that is the, 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 the boundary. And mm. it is, yeah. So, and since it is so crowded, they need to think about other ways. Um, They have different plans. They have the infrastructure expansion plans. Uh, For example, this uh, new line has been built to connect the Martian line and the West Rio line. Uh, It is uh, is opened uh, this year. Uh, But at that time, in the short term, they think the demand management is one of the uh, viable uh, ways to address the crowding. So in that project we we um, we look at like the historical trial patterns using the smart card data um, we try to uh, segment the different customers based on their um, the, 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 the their trial patterns and try to identify like what are the uh, segments of the customers that are more um, that is, the customers that is more likely like to uh, respond to the incentives. Mm. So let's just,
0: just to characterize this problem a bit, we've got a system that is operating at a 90 second headway, which means it's, and and these trains are at capacity and there's no more scope to add trains to the network. So an engineering solution is not going to work because (laughs) You can't right. fit anymore. It's got the most high performance signaling anywhere in the world. The, the system is at its absolute capacity in terms of rolling stock and passengers. And so to s- reduce the crowding issue, you need to find another solution. And that's where you're getting smart by using the data. And you've first looked to understand customers and how their journeys differ, perhaps in terms of flexibility and the length and that's gonna help you design some policies or or at least get a sense of what policies might shift their behavior. Have yeah, I got it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think you have summarized better than, than me. Uh, another thing I would like to add is that uh, because the uh, demand management uh, is known to be very inefficient, uh, the reason is because um, for the, for example, for the early birth promotion in Hong Kong, this is a station based promotion and it can benefit a lot of people beyond the ones that who, uh, beyond the passengers that we would like to incentivize. Um, so, I just give an example like, if, if for some of the stations, in order to get like one effective users, when I see effective users, it's the user that we really want to incentivize and their change of their behavior may contribute to the system crowding reduction. So to get one effective users, we need to give 1,000 passengers incentive. Right? And the efficiency is really low. Um, so in the project, actually, we try to uh, look at how to target those effective users to give them targeted incentives in order to uh, save the money, but we can achieve a better performance. Uh, From our evaluation, basically, we can see that there's not much room we can improve uh, compared to the current practice, and that means we need to lose money, but basically, we cannot achieve more. Uh, So that is one of the key challenges for the demand management. Uh, One reason is because this is the incentive structure is station-based, and Currently, we are looking at like how to target each individual uh, to give them the targeted incentive. So for that, we, we would expect there will be uh, a huge uh, significant improvement about the cost efficiency.
0: Okay, so traditional travel demand management has a low success rate. You mentioned f- for 1,000 people who receive the promotion, or who are exposed to the the travel demand management incentive, only one person might be expected to change. So, in this case, you've used data science to evaluate a policy intervention, and what it suggested was that that policy intervention had limited effectiveness.
1: That's true. Uh, for the reason, like why it doesn't work? It doesn't work. Uh, one reason is because the incentive is very low and given the characteristic of the Hong Kong population, uh, they don't really uh, care about uh, search and uh, saving, right? It's only one or $2 based on their trip distance. Uh, another one is that given the network structure, um, it is really hard to, uh, so there's not much uh, room for us to optimize the, uh, the, the the selection of the stations to give discount like no matter like what station we choose mm. basically there's not much difference but maybe for different cities uh, mm. they could be different
0: where did you take the project from there what was the takeaway for the the operators of the Hong Kong MTR so MTR they have
1: a well, basically updated their uh, early bird promotion after five years uh, when it was implemented. Uh, it is around like October 2019. Uh, they changed their, they updated their early bird promotion from 25% to
0: 35%. What I'm getting the sense is that this is about getting smarter uh, and that it's not always about getting the answer that you want. In this case, you found that the policy wasn't working, but it was certainly useful to identify that a policy wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. What about, as you say, in other cities or other applications of data analytics? Could you give us a few other examples?
1: Yeah, for other applications, there's one trial study in San Francisco bot system, that is the metro system in Bay Area um, with transit Uh, They have uh, tried the personalized incentive for their metro system. Uh, That is quite an interesting project because they provide incentives to based on the level of the behavior change of the users and also their contribution to the system. It's a very similar idea with what I have described, but they move to a level from the aggregated station-based demand management to the personalized demand management. Um, From their report, uh, they reported previously for the first phase of their uh, promotion. It's similar to Hong Kong, it's also station-based. They report like uh, to get one uh, useful or effective users, they need to spend $10 uh, for the Phase two, the personalized incentive, they only need to spend one dollars. It's like 10 times um, efficiency compared to the uh, station-based or aggregated demand management. Um, And in this project actually, it it incorporates lots of uh, data analytics uh, uh, work. For example, how to learn the individual behavior based on their travel uh, histories, travel trajectories and then how to design this customized incentive uh, to each individual. And this customized incentive will also change based on their response to the incentive that we gave it to us. Uh, for example, for one person, maybe the system decide to give it, uh, give, it give him a 25% discount uh, for if he travel out of the peak. And after track for one month or two months, if we find like, this person doesn't really take this um, incentive to change his behavior, maybe we can increase this uh, discount from 25 to 35 or to 50. And then you can track for another one month or two months. And if you find oh, this guy doesn't really change, maybe like we will stop giving the discount to this person. There is the, the, the ability to do this is that Uh, For the incentive design, we don't need to incentivize everyone in the system. We only need to incentivize a portion, a small portion of the population, so that we can gradually can achieve some network effect. Because the congestion, the transportation system is very complex. And by changing a small portion of the passenger's behavior, probably the congestion will be solved. Uh, that is the hypothesis and that is the hope. Yeah. Um,
0: to draw on an example that is fresh in everyone's mind, how could a data-driven approach be useful to managing this transition after COVID-19 shutdown where our public transport network is constrained because we're maintaining social distance and therefore in order to reboot the economy and get people back to work, we still need to be careful not to overcrowd public transport. How could we identify the appropriate travel demand management strategy using insights from data?
1: Yeah, there's lots of discussions on this. Um, one, one of the policy that I think is promising is the work from home policy. Um, so this has been long um, discussed um, but it's uh, not very uh, well favored uh, by the companies or uh, governments. Uh, but now, like since like, everyone has experienced the work from home and they find it is not so bad and we can still work efficiently. We have the technology at home, uh, we can communicate. Maybe they have the intention uh, to continue the work from home um, after the COVID-19 Uh, And from from the research point of view, I think it is important to think about how to incentivize more people uh, to work from home if they can do that. So that is one of the areas that I think is uh, potential. Um, So uh, still relevant to the incentive design. I think provide the information and incentive. These are the two elements I think is important that can help to influence people's travel decision making. Uh, the question is how to design the customised information and incentives to each individual so that we can have a better response from them.
0: Just to link back to the four methodologies of data analysis with sort of diagnosis and design, which stages are relevant? If we're looking to understand who to target telework incentives towards, what are the steps that would be taken using a data analysis approach?
1: So I think the first step is to collect the data of the uh, travel histories of the users. Uh, second step is to try to learn their behaviors using the data datamatic uh, skills. That is uh, simply how to predict how the individuals will travel if there's some intervention uh, given to them, either it is information or incentives. And the third step will be, uh, so given the limited budget that we want to investment from the city or from the government, how do we allocate uh, those budget uh, to determine what is the incentive or what is the incentive levels to different individuals? Based on their own characteristics, some some people they may be very price sensitive, and we probably we will provide a low uh, uh, low not low low discount of the fares, uh, so they can take it. Um, for some people, we we may need to pay more.
0: You make that sound very clear and. You know read, readily translatable to policy Jin Liang. but I know that that comes from years of experience working on this problem and as you keep referring to you have you think of problems from the perspective of a framework that you use to tackle the problems it's no accident that you derive these insights from the data you're taking a very systematic approach to tackling the problem that's what I'm right. getting yeah yeah Okay. We've talked a lot about how data analytics can be helpful, but are there any types of problems that are not suited to data driven solutions?
1: So for the data analytics, I think it can not do well uh, for the behavioral re- relevant research. Uh, for example, like we, we, we can infer how people travel, how do they make travel, but we really don't know why they make this choice. Um, there's some way to address this issue using customer segmentation to try to explain why they make those choices, but we don't really know the um, the key reasons, particularly from the individual uh, characteristics. Uh, characteristics. Uh, that means we cannot build the core relationship um, from the data analytics. We can make Good prediction about when they travel and where they will travel to. But those are based on the correlations, based on their historical travel patterns. Uh, This is not explained um, by the actual decision making process.
0: (laughs) Jin Liang, that's such an important distinction to make that the insights you're acquiring reveal patterns, but they don't explain the motivations
1: also bring the risk that we may, so the data may deceive us. It depends on how do we manipulate the data and also how do we interpret the results. We may get very different um, insights from there.
0: So you've shown us uh, how to take a systematic approach to data analysis what are the skills that make a great public transport data analysis and how can professionals acquire these skills?
1: So for public transport data analysis, uh, the first important thing always is the interest in data. Uh, and also like keep an open mind about different views, also the risk when you do the data analytic work. So how to interpret, how to manipulate your data Um, there's always a risk that the the results that you get may not be the case, and may not be the reality. And when we interpret them also, we can only interpret based on the data that we have. Uh, We should be careful uh, to generalize the conclusions that we got from our data, uh, the data set that we analyze. Uh, Secondly, uh, the skill training is important. Uh, the statistical inference and probabilistic, uh, and also the skills in programming. This is uh, essential because we need to have a tool uh, to help us to analyze the data. So programming, at least we need to have one software, uh, like Python. Uh, skills in realization, uh, interactive realization is also important. And for this, it's mainly about like how to design uh, to, how to design the realization uh, to tell a good story and also to how to represent your data uh, so that like we can get insight. Otherwise we realize the data, but we don't see any pattern uh, that is uh, not very useful. Uh, the last one, domain knowledge, uh, this is also a key element because we talk about public transport data analysis. We need to know uh, all different aspects from public transport uh, for example, from policy, uh, to planning, and uh, to controls, to understand different views of different stakeholders in public transport, uh, that is also important because we do the data analysis. Um, the ultimate goal uh, is to make impact in practice and to communicate our findings uh, to different stakeholders in public transport. We need to know their concerns and their mindsets.
0: Mm -hmm. So the domain knowledge is critical. You can't just have a technical skill set, but you need to understand the problems that you're actually tackling.
1: So from the education point of view, um, first, we need to cultivate uh, the students interest and also to help them to build up the mindset, to use the data uh, to look at to approach their problem. Um, they Best way to do this is that we need to provide some case studies using the data analysis, how it is being used and why it is useful and what conclusions that we can draw from there. Uh, Secondly, uh, for the transportation students, the myth, uh, they they have very good domain knowledge in public transport. Uh, This is a very good advantage. And also students has learned uh, basic mathematics and the probabilities uh, based, they, they have the basis uh, to uh, do the data analysis. Uh, the method is how to build their confidence uh, to use data science skills to solve the problem. Because when I talk to students, they always hesitate uh, to do uh, some of the data analytic work because they think their capability cannot do that. So we need to build their confidence
0: how can we do that? How do we build the students' confidence?
1: So in order to build their confidence, uh, the students has already have the their main knowledge uh, in public transport or in transportation engineers engineering. Um, students also have the basic mathematics and the probability knowledge. And beyond that, uh, the one thing that I would like to strengthen like in my class is that, I will explain to them how to apply those theories and build on these theories to understand the data the data analytic algorithms. If you if we look at the details of the data science uh, algorithms, basically the idea is not very difficult. Uh, it's not very complicated. Just one example, like the discrete choice model. Uh, this is. Uh, already taught in transportation class uh, to model the behaviors of people are choosing different modes. And this discrete choice model, the logic function is actually widely used in the uh, machine learning algorithms or deep learning algorithms. There's no magic there. Um, it's just uh, for the deep learning, it's just uh, a combination of different small components of the mathematics skills. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, I try to help the students to connect what they have learned to what they could could build on that, to learn further uh, for the some of the advanced data science skills.
0: You're decoding the black box, you're taking away the mystery mm-hmm. from the black box, and you're speaking mm-hmm. about what the algorithm is doing in everyday language, and that helps the learner of data science understand and gain their confidence which makes complete sense so can yeah, you recommend yeah. our listeners any resources or professionals looking to upskill what what are some of your go to recommendations
1: yeah the good resources uh, online open course sources yeah for myself uh, i like the uh, two open course that is one delivered by Andrew Ng from Stanford University. It is, re- it is about the machine learning to talk about the detailed algorithms uh, for the different aspects of the machine learning. And there's another course uh, delivered by Patrick Winston uh, from MIT. And this is the course very easy to understand because this is undergraduate course on the AI algorithm. And it explains the ideas, how those algorithms were designed step by step in history, and gave, uh, gave me lots of insights and also the better understanding about those AI algorithm. Um, I, for, for the tools, um, the GitHub has lots of open source software, uh, open source code, and we can download for free and revise for our purpose. It's very easy. And in terms of the data, this Kaggle uh, K-E-G-G-L-E, this is the website for machine learning and data science community. There's a lots of different d- data sets that we can use, download and to try different algorithms.
0: Mm. It's a difficult question because once you start to learn data science, you realize just how many resources are out there and it's very much a, an online community that helps itself Um, and there's always more to learn and more to discover. So thank you for sharing a couple of places people might start a journey of of data analysis, and we'll include links to those in the show notes for the episode today. But I do caution listeners looking to jump into data science that once you get started, you'll just discover the endless possibilities.
1: (laughs) Right, There's a lot of potential there. Um, But at the end, I think... still like to just experience that uh, the data science is just one of the tools out of the set of tools that we can use to help us to make decisions for uh, in transportation data science is not everything it's just part of the solution tools that we can use uh, in transportation
0: very wise words jen liang thank you for that thanks for your time today and for sharing your perspective on data science and how it can help us with public transport
1: Thank you. Thanks for helping me.
0: You've been listening to Researching Transit, the public transport research podcast. In today's show, Dr. Ma spoke about demand management of Hong Kong's crowded metro system. Check out episode seven if you enjoyed this discussion to hear from Dr. Wai-Yan Leong at LTA Singapore to hear how Singapore addressed a similar peak crowding issue using its own incentive scheme. Researching Transit was brought to you by the Monash University Public Transport Research Group and produced by me, Laura Aston. PTRG also runs the World Transit Research Clearinghouse, a free database of all quality published research in the field. This can be accessed at www.worldtransitresearch.info. That's www.worldtransitresearch.info. To receive emails each time we release our fortnightly shows, sign up via the link in today's show notes, where you will also find many other useful resources suggested by Liangma. As always, get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle transitpodcast or via our website if you want to know more or have any feedback on our show. Thanks for listening.